Hallelujah, hallelujah, praise the name of the Lord. I want to uh, greet every one of you that is following, listening in, and those that have been our faithful followers and listeners from all the parts of the world. Now, we want to believe and we do believe that uh, we are able to touch as many people as God uh, enables us through our radio, our TV, our podcast platform, and even uh, through our website. This is uh, the Freedom Streams whereby we come with the living word and enter into the experiential study of this Christ that has dispensed himself in us. And with this ministry that is brought to you by, by Freedom Experience Ministry, we take enough time to see that we or into the word in the with the eyes of the spirit to see what God wants us to see. We are seeing the scriptures from a heavenly viewpoint to see what was the purpose, the intention, the desire, and the will of the one that inspired the writers. So we have gone through several teachings and uh, want to continue today. And I'm called Pastor Dennis. Now I I, I trust God that. Uh, most of you have come across our application. In case you have not, just go and download Freedom Experience app. This is a wonderful app. You to get all the previous teachings. Freedom Experience app, you can get it in Google Play Store. And those of you that are using iPhone, I know we are coming. But you can find us on our website at Freedom Experience Ministry. Org. We have other podcast platform uh, for Apple. Even you have Spotify. You can check us Google Podcast. You can always find our ministry and our teachings when you search for Freedom Streams Devotion or when you search for Freedom Experience Ministry. Uh, God bless you. And uh, allow me now to continue. Allow me to continue from wherever we stopped yesterday or the other time. Uh, we are in our season two and uh, we are talking about uh, experiencing Christ's New Testament plan. We saw the entire season when we are talking about God the Father. Now we began uh, recently uh, to talk about Christ. And we say that Christ in the Godhead, so that is is the complete God also so that uh, all the fullness of the Godhead was in him boldly we saw that the effulgence all the brilliancy splendor of God's glory the express image of God's substance is this Christ we also saw that his subsisting being in the form of God with equality and is so equal with God we saw that is the mystery of God we saw that uh, uh, is the Son of God. We saw the only begotten Son of God before His resurrection, and then so that is the firstborn Son of God from His resurrection. And we ended that episode. Today I want us to continue uh, by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus. So we now want to continue with uh, in this message. We are going to consider. Uh, further aspects of Christ in the Godhead. And number three is that Christ in the Godhead is the Word. 
word. So in the Godhead, Christ is the word. Praise the name of Jesus. Now we see that the Bible says in John chapter 1 verse 1 that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So the word is the definition, the explanation, the expression of God. Therefore, the word is God defined, the word is God explained, the word is God expressed. God, I told you, God is mysterious. Needs the word to express him. And Christ as the word defines God, defines, he explains God, and even expresses God to us. So therefore Christ as the word is definition, explanation, and the expression of God. So this word is actually God himself. Not God hidden, not God concealed, and not God that is mysterious. This word is God that is defined, explained, and expressed. You see, the word is eternal. That is, the word is self-existing without beginning. This is uh, this is contrary to the critical teachings that say that the word logos was created by God. Now, according to the revelation of, of the of the gospel of John, John's gospel, the word was not created. Because John 1 1 says the word was in the beginning. This reveals that the word is eternal. So this eternal word is a living person, Christ, a son of the living God. The Bible says in uh, Revelation chapter 19, verses 13, Christ, the son of the living God, he says that, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. This name is called the word of God. So such a word, such a word signifies the mystery and the mysterious and invisible God find and expressed. This word as the definition of the triune God is for God is speaking. And God wants to speak. He uses the word. So the word is the definition, the explanation, even the explanation of God. And when God wants to speak, he will use the word. So the fact that this word is the entire God means that it is it is for the speaking of the triune God. God uses the word to speak to us. In other words, God uses Christ to speak to us because Christ is the word of God. So this word became incarnate as a man. And that man was God speaking. Because God is speaking. As long as we saw Jesus, God was speaking. So the word visited us. The Bible says the word became flesh. In order that God who is invisible, who has a mystery, begins to define himself, begins to explain, even to express himself. So we see that uh, a man, Jesus Christ, was God's word. It was God is speaking. He spoke God not only with clear words, but also with, with what he was and what he did. 
Oh, oh, this was his speaking. He was expressing. So, he is altogether the word of God and the speaking of God. So, sometimes Jesus spoke with words. And even at other times, he spoke with actions. So all that he was and all that he did spoke God. Everything he was, everything he did was speaking out God. John 1.14 says that not only that the word became flesh, the Bible says the word tabernacled among us. It dwelt among us. The story recorded in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is a story of God. God incarnate and even tabernacling was tabernacling among us. So the word became flesh and tabernacled among us in order to declare God, to express God, to explain God, to define God in many, many practical ways. So the incarnate word is the speaking, the expression, the definition of God. And as a word, Christ is the defined God. Christ is the explained God. Christ is the expressed God. Christ is the revealed God. A God made known to human beings. Glory to God for this. We shall proceed with the fourth uh, aspect of Christ in the Godhead as being the expression of the Father. So our number four is the expression of the Father. Christ is the expression of the Father. As the Son, it is the issue, it is the coming out. He is the issue and the coming out of God. And he is also the expression of the Father. And because the Son expressed the Father, the Son is the expression of the Father. Just as Christ would want us to express Him, to define Him, explain him because he is a mystery that has been revealed to us we may speak him express him, define him the universe so even Christ's being the word is mainly to express God the father by declaring him, by defining him by revealing him the bible says in the book of John chapter 1 verse 18 that no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. So the more the Son speaks, the more God the Father is expressed. This is so amazing. Remember, in the Old Testament, God spoke in, in the prophets, in, in men moved by His Spirit. Remember, remember the, the beginning words of Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 whereby the Bible says God at, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers either prophets. Verse 2 says as in these last days spoken unto us by his son he has spoken by his son he has spoken by his word whom he has appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds. So when you see uh, 
second peter 121 bible continues to confirm in verses 21 that the prophecy came not in old time by will of man but holy men of god spake as they were moved by the holy ghost in the old testament that was the way god spoke in the prophets he moved men by his spirit now in the new testament he speaks in the son who is god himself expressed the bible told us in hebrews verse 2 that this new testament now he has spoken he has spoken by his son he is still speaking bible says in verse 3 that uh, this son is being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high so god the father is hidden but god the son is expressed no one has ever seen god the son jesus christ as the word of god as the speaking of god has declared him has expressed him to us the last god spoke through the prophets in the old testament he did not have himself expressed he just spoke to them but in the new testament god speaks in the son who expresses him formerly god spoke through the prophets indirectly now he speaks directly in the son that is in the one who is the expression of the father the bible has told us in john 1:18 that no one has ever seen god even those of the old testament no one has ever seen god Moses tried to see him he did not the bible says the only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father He has declared him. Now here we see that the one who expresses the father is the only begotten son. And the Bible says he was in the bosom of the father from eternity past and is still in the bosom of the father after incarnation. So the only begotten son was is and will always be in the bosom of the father. in order to explain god to us so the words that we read in john 1:18 they are so simple they carry a profound meaning the dear only begotten of the father is continually in the bosom of the father that he might declare a father to us this is the way he declares the father and brings us into the enjoyment of the father glory to god so god is expressed in christ and with christ we have grace and reality that is grace and truth the bible says in john 1:14 when he was incarnated we beheld of his glory he was full of grace and truth even when you read verse 16 when we come to christ we enjoy grace we participate in reality And according to John 1:18 as the only begotten son of God Christ is in the bosom 
of God the Father. So that means that when we enjoy Christ in the an intimate way, this enjoyment of him will bring us to the Father because the Christ we enjoy is in the bosom of the Father. So in other words, this enjoyment of Christ brings us into the bosom of the Father. Glory to God. So, Christ is the expression of God and in the same way that grace is the expression of love and reality, which is truth, is the expression of light. But when we enjoy Christ as grace and truth, which is reality, this enjoyment brings us into the bosom of the Father where we enjoy God as love and light. So whereas grace and truth is by Jesus, love and light is the very expression of God. So love is the hidden source of grace. Whereas light is the hidden source of truth, which is reality. When grace brings us into love, we reach the source. We reach the source out from which grace flows. Meaning that grace flows from love as the source. And we trace grace back to its source, grace come, becomes love. Just as when you trace Christ, Christ becomes God the Father. So, likewise, light is the source. Light is the source out from which reality flows, out from which truth flows. When we trace reality, which is truth, back to its source, we will arrive at light. God is light. Jesus is truth. Praise the name of Jesus. I believe it is amazing. So, the Father's only begotten Son expresses Him by the Word, by life, by light, by grace, and reality. You always hear us speaking uh, as our slogan, as our statement, saying that we are here to impart life the word because the word is God incarnated, God explained life is God imparted light is God shining grace is God enjoyed and truth is God realized this is what we mean the word is God expressed life is God imparted light is God shining grace is God enjoyed and the truth is God realized So, see that God is fully declared in the sun through these five things and in our ministry we always talk about the five aspects whereby God is fully declared in Jesus Christ so the essence or the core of them all is God himself they come from God although no one has ever seen God the son of God Jesus Christ declares him he expresses him in the way of being the word of life, the word of light, the word of grace, and the word of truth. Praise the name of Jesus. So, the word manifests in this way, five ways. Praise the name of Jesus. So, the more we receive the word and have life, we have light, we have grace, and even reality, the more God will be declared to us. So, to declare God means to express him. Christ has already expressed God by being incarnated as the word of 
the word that comes with life, light, grace, and reality. When you sum all this up, it comes to glory. So, in the Godhead, the Father is the source. And in the Godhead, the Son is his expression. So, as the expression of the Father, the Son is the accomplisher. The Father is the initiator, the originator, the planner. But the Son is the accomplisher. The Father is the designer. And the Son carries out what the Father has initiated, originated, planned, designed. Therefore, the Son, expression of the Father, comes the accomplisher. Remember when he was on the cross, he spoke the last word, I have accomplished. It is finished. So according to the gospel of John, we see that Christ the Son came in the Father's name. When you read John chapter 5, verses 43, you see that Christ uh, came in the Father's name, worked in the Father's name. That is John chapter 10, verse 25. He did the Father's will in John chapter 6 verse 38 and he spoke the Father's word John chapter 3 verses 34 John chapter 14 verses 24 John chapter 7 verses 16 to 17 John chapter 12 verse 47 to 50 he spoke the Father's word I've given you those verses. Then he went on, he sought the Father's glory. John chapter 7, verse 18. Now, as such a one, Christ also expressed the Father. John chapter 14, from verse 7 to 9. He did not express himself, he expressed only the Father. He was the Son, yet he expressed the Father. Now, this is so meaningful even to us. We are only believers, but we should express Christ. Because the Son expresses not himself, but the Father, the Son's expression is the Father's expression. Therefore, when we see the Son Jesus, we see the Father. This is approved, and this is proved by the exchange between the Lord Jesus when he spoke to Philip. Remember Philip in John 14? Verse 7, Lord Jesus pointed out to the disciples that if they had known him, they would have known his father also. So that is a secret. To know the father, you know Christ. But then he went on to tell them that henceforth you know him and have seen him. However, Philip replied, remember, that Lord, show us the father and suffices us. That was verse 8. Now to this remember John, uh, in the book of John chapter 14, verse 8, even verse 9, the Lord answers Philip. He says, he who has seen me has seen the Father. How is it that you say, show us the Father? That is verse 9. But we see that in the Son of the Father, in the Son, the Father is expressed. In the Son, the Father is seen. Oh, for the Son, Jesus Christ, is the expression of the Father. It says, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. 
because I am the expression of the Father. If we have seen the Son, then it means we have seen the Father because the Father is embodied in the Son to be the the expression or to, to be expressed through Him. And here we see our part A that says that He is one with the Father. He is one with the Father. When you come to John chapter 10 verse 30, Lord Jesus says, I am the Father, a one. So that means that the Son is one with the Father. And because the Son and the Father are one, when we see Jesus Christ, we see the Father. We cannot explain enough, we cannot explain adequately how the Son and the Father are one. According to the natural understanding, we are limited. The Son is the Son, according to our natural understanding. The Father is the Father. And the two, we think they are distinctly separate, one from the other. To the extent we always say, God is in the heaven. Jesus is this side, you see. So although the Son and the Father are distinct, they cannot be separated. Now according to the Lord's clear word in the book of John, chapter 10, verses 30, says he and the father are one and because the son and the father are one the son is even owed the father remember in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 is the wonderful father he's the father everlasting father so the son given to us is called the eternal father in Isaiah 9 6 so remember the bible says a son is given yet his name is called eternal father the everlasting father glory to Jesus Christ so a number of verses in the new testament indicate that the son and the father are one I'm going to give you some of them John chapter 17 verse 22 it says and the glory which you have given me I have given to them they may be one even as we are one and you read first John chapter 2 verse 25 there is the singular pronoun he it is used to refer to both the son and the father and the bible says that and this is the promise which he promised us the eternal life now in this verse he refers to the son and the father spoken of in the preceding verse so we see that this indicates that the Son Jesus and the Father they are one. And we see the same principle is in as John chapter 2, verse 28. It says, And now little children abide in him. But if he is manifested, we may have boldness not, not be put to shame from him at his coming. So in this verse, still we see the pronoun he which refers uh, definitely to Christ the Son who is coming. Now this, along with the preceding verse, we have read that says, the clause that says that abide in him, which is a repetition of that clause that we have seen in First John chapter 2, verse 27. Remember it talks about the anointing now involving the Trinity. It indicates that the Son is the embodiment of the triune God inseparable from the Father of the, all the Spirit 
the son is not separated from the father or the spirit so when they say that uh, we have an anointing teaches us all things so when you come to first john chapter 2 verse 29 there is also another personal pronoun he denotes the triune god now bible says that if you have known that he is he is righteous you know also that everyone who practices righteousness has been begotten of him they're using this pronoun he and he denotes the triune god that is the father the son and the spirit and these are all inclusive and because this pronoun refers to he and we have seen another one him in the preceding verses we have read they denote the coming son Jesus Christ but it also denotes him and in this verse it refers to the father who has begotten us so this indicates strongly that the son and the father are one praise the name of Jesus allow me to stop here because our time is consumed i know that if you stick with us you are going to enjoy living christ together in his word god bless you this is pastor dennis at freedom experience ministry